1: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 upfront for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Now, I'm delighted to uh, head stateside to Augusta to uh, join and speak with Nathan Montgomery, who is the chairman of the Augusta Harling Club. Uh, Nathan, nice to speak to you. This would traditionally be an extremely busy weekend in Augusta with the uh, the Masters week just about to commence, but uh, very different this time around.
0: Yeah, very different. Um, Augusta has actually uh, closed all essential businesses. So uh, there's still some restaurants that are open and grocery stores and gas stations. But other than that, uh, it's a complete ghost town.
1: Just explain how big this week would traditionally be for Augusta, for business people, and for the community in general.
0: Well, this week, it uh, it affects more than just the Masters itself, obviously. It affects more than just the, the restaurants in town. Um, my family even was affected by it because um, my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law both rent their houses out and um you know they've lost uh, thousands of dollars worth of income that they were counting on and that they count on every year during this time
1: so uh, as you said there it isn't just the the frontline businesses it it ripples right throughout the economy there but is is the viewpoint that the the call that was made a couple of weeks ago was was the right call to make is is everybody feeling yes the right decision was was made
0: yeah, I think at this point, um, everybody's kind of on the same page. Uh, initially, some folks were obviously um, upset that they weren't going to get that revenue this year. But um, at this point, um, I think we're all thankful that um, everyone from overseas is coming and, you know, sharing uh, the coronavirus with uh, with Augusta.
1: OK, so just paint a picture for me of what what life is like in downtown Augusta at this moment in time.
0: Uh, I've only seen pictures. I haven't been in um, in weeks. Obviously, since we've been told to kind of lock down. Um, but I've seen pictures, and there's there's literally no one there. No no cars in the street. No one walking the streets. It's just, it's just dead completely. Uh, last time I was there was maybe about a month ago, and it was it was lively, and it was just when the coronavirus first started, and everyone was obviously kind of scared. But um, we were still out and about. But um, at this point, there's no one out.
1: Okay, tell me about the. The state in general, uh, the state of Georgia, in terms of coronavirus, obviously here in Ireland, we're seeing all the the huge figures in New York and New Jersey in particular, and the nightly press conferences with Donald Trump. what What about the um, the situation in in your state?
0: So um, it's growing every day in Augusta. Um, last I heard was um, mid two hundred cases. Um, but uh, we're being more affected in in Atlanta, the you know, because Atlanta is the big hub for uh, air uh, air travel internationally. So um, they kind of got hit pretty hard. So the majority of our cases are in Atlanta, and that's um that's probably about three three hours travel time from Augusta. Um, but here we're we're still around 300 cases in Augusta.
1: And in your case, Nathan, are you working from home? Or are you allowed out to? The shop, to go for a walk, to go to a park, all of those things that we would have all taken for granted four or five weeks ago?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm working from home. I've been working from home for about two or three weeks now. Um, I do uh, telemedicine, so I've been extra busy um, with uh, developing mobile apps for uh, coronavirus research. Um, So uh, we're real heavy there. Um, But as far as parks, um, to my knowledge, they're open um, until 6 p.m., and uh, we kind of have a curfew at 6 p.m. and no one's allowed to be out. Um, but they were they were open all day, um, every day until um, yesterday is when they implemented the curfew. So it's it's obviously getting worse and worse here.
1: You mentioned there your, your day job. Sounds fascinating. Tell us a bit more about that.
0: Um, yeah, I do. Uh, I do um, telemedicine. I work for the Advanced Technology Research Center. Um, TATRIC is the name of it. Uh, but I do um Telemedicine. I make mobile apps that can communicate with um, uh, users and their providers or their nurses or whatever it may be.
1: Okay, so uh, you're playing some some small part anyway in the battle against coronavirus.
0: Yeah, yeah. I implemented a thermometer um, that is uh, that you can input your uh, your readings and a uh, pulse oximeter this week um, where you can uh, implement your readings and then send it up to the nurses. They can monitor you uh, and see how you're doing. It's pretty neat stuff.
1: Brilliant. Very good. Now in relation. We're speaking, of course, you're uh, the chairperson of the uh, Augusta Hurling Club. What sort of an Irish community have you got in Augusta?
0: Um, we, uh, for, for a while, we uh, we weren't even really connected to the Irish community. Um, it was unfortunate, but we've, uh, in the past year, we've kind of got our foot in the door with the Augusta, what is it, uh, American Irish Society, I think is what it's called. I forget their official name. But um, we've got two uh, Irish folks that play on the team with us and uh, hoping to bring in more this year.
1: Okay. Now, tell me a bit about the club itself. When... How did it go to become a hotbed of hurling?
0: Um, Chris, our founder, uh, just traveled to Ireland just on a trip, and uh, he was fortunate enough to see uh, one of the playoff games. Uh, I think it was Wexford versus somebody uh, in, I think, early, and uh, was it, maybe 2013? Um, but then he came back and uh, he decided to start up a club. And he played with the Atlanta Club for a few years, and then a few of uh, his friends were interested in Augusta, and he started up. Um, When I started um, maybe three or four years ago, we only had four to six people at practice. Uh, So, you know, we were just doing what we could, and now we're up to around 40 or 50 members uh, in the uh, Augusta Club.
1: That is absolutely incredible. And as you said, the fact that you don't have an affiliation per se with the Irish community makes it even... All the more remarkable.
0: Yeah, I mean, everyone just loves the game. Uh, the game of hurling is is obviously the most the, the best game, you know, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, but uh, it just it brings in a little bit of every sport um, that we play here in America, whether it be lacrosse or baseball, field hockey or soccer. You know, so everybody kind of has a, a strong suit that they can lean towards or lean on uh, when they first get started. So, what's the
1: age profile of the people that are that are playing in the club?
0: We are a very casual club. Um, we've been uh, asked to play in like championships and all that, but we're not very interested in that. So the age group is anywhere from, I think our youngest is maybe how old is he? Maybe eight or nine. Uh, so we have a kid's program that we're just getting started. Um, and then all the way up to close to 70, we have older people coming out who just, uh, who just like to get a little bit of exercise and sh- socialize and stuff like that. So very casual club. Very
1: good. i in terms of coaching, how 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 do you learn the game?
0: Uh, that's the that's the hardest part, in my opinion. Um, Chris, since he's been playing, uh, you know, for ten years or so now, uh, he's kind of our, our official coach. Um, but I'll I'll spend all week on YouTube uh, watching, uh, you know, coaching videos and whatnot, and then take it over to the club and see how how we can implement with that with our guys. Um, our skill levels aren't quite as good uh, as you guys in Ireland, but uh, we do what we can.
1: Okay, and in terms then of sourcing the Hurleys themselves,
0: how do you manage that? Uh, it's it's very tough as well. Um, I think uh, some guys um, from the uh, Greenville and Charleston clubs, um, they gave us a few Hurls, and uh, we still have a bag of helmets that uh, were given to us. Um, but uh, now we've just now started getting a few sponsors and stuff like that so that we can uh, we can buy new sticks and new helmets and all that.
1: Okay. It's an incredible story in an in incredible time. So you're you're on a stage now with 40 50 members in 2020. What's, what's the objective? What's the aim now for you as chairman?
0: Oh, man, I feel kind of like I'm ready to retire. <laughs> Honestly, uh, we, put, <laughs> we put so much work into the club in the past two years um, that uh, we, our initial goal was to just play the game uh, so now we have a three uh, team league that we play uh, in the spring in the fall and in the summer. So uh, we've actually picked up uh, Gaelic football in the summer. So we'll play a, uh, a seven game Gaelic football league in the summer and then a seven game um, hurling league in the spring and the fall. So I guess my uh, my goal is to get enough members to where we can have a four-team league and uh, we wouldn't have a, a round robin every week. Uh, we will be able to play uh, on weeks and off weeks.
1: That's fantastic. Uh, Nathan, thank you so much for joining us on our podcast.
0: Well, thank you so much for having me. Uh, You guys take care and obviously stay safe and stay healthy.